The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Jesse, stop spreading misinformation about President Trump. Why don't you liberals try getting on board with the program? Every plan will work as long as everybody's willing to work to make the plan work. you got to stop, cease and desist, quit being a crybaby snowflake. Seriously, get on board with the program. We gave Obama eight years only to find out he was born in another country. So get on board with the program. Stop lying about our president. That's disrespectful. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. We are back. Episode 323. Of your listener-supported, listener-produced, I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, eager, willing, champing at the bit to get going, my lovely co-host, Brittany Page. I had a 12-hour nap, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. That is no joke. I thought you were going to say that's not a nap, no. but in fact, that is a nap. Yeah, but it's, you're it's a not, great nap. You're not kidding. No. Laid down for a nap. Yeah. We're just going to take a short nap, then we'll yeah. get caught up on all of our shows, Game of Thrones, uh, John Oliver, everything, yeah. and I uh, woke up at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, it was it a hectic- It never happens either. It was a hectic couple of days there on the end of the vacation because we we flew into Spokane at like 1 a.m. Yeah. And then we... That's at the beginning of the vacation. Yeah. And we, you know, stayed up till 2 almost every night, I would say. Or later. Yeah. We went to the Gorge on, on Friday, that Friday after we flew out and saw John Mayer camped. That was a late night. <laughs> and then we went and rented a car drove to Lewiston, Idaho. That was quite a drive. Drove back to Spokane because of poor planning. <laughs> then drove from Spokane to Boise. Yeah. And stayed up late every night in also, Boise. I was sick the whole fucking time. I was sick. The entire goddamn vacation, <laughs> I was sick. Uh, that's not true because I was sick for the first couple of days. Then you got sick. And then you were sick for the rest of the... The vacation. I, I, I was sick the morning after we arrived. Okay, that the might be The morning after the very first evening of drinking and, and visiting. Yeah. I was sick. Yeah. And I'm just getting over it now, which is great, because now we get to get back to work, and I don't have to struggle through sniffling and coughing and being a miserable jerk-off. Yeah. I'll be a regular jerk-off. Uh-huh. <laughs> not a miserable one. I swear to God, every time someone sneezes on the plane... Yeah, you shudder. I... <sighs> you're scrambling for something to cover your mouth with. There's no hope. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> you're just going to be infected. It's gross. It's 
really gross. It is, look, an airplane is a flying test tube of pestilence. It's no good. They Someone, need some kind of better system, like a HEPA filter filtration system of the air, because it is recycled bullshit that you're also, breathing. Also, someone broke the number one rule on the plane this last time. There's a home. number one rule? Farting. Oh, yeah. He farted on the plane. Not good, man. It was... It was not a good fart. And then Brittany, we're just all over the... Here, let me say this. I didn't this. say anything. I didn't say anything. Right, sure. So before we get started, let me just say this. This is kind of be... This is going to be kind of a a, a, a free association episode. A, a stream of consciousness episode. An episode that is just us getting back into the groove. It's not going to be organized. I didn't prepare any clips. We're just kind of going to talk about... The vacation, Politicon, which we attended for two days, and also um, all the crazy shit that we missed when we were gone. Yeah. So if you don't like disorganization, and if you generally don't like us, then you might, you might want to turn it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back to the plane fart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was uh it was not one of those light airy ones. It was kind of like a sickly yeah. tum time one. It was definitely that guy wasn't like a feeling thick, well. A thick All right. cloud. All right. Okay, we get it. Who are you, me? What yeah. is happening right so now? So it was bad and I don't remember what I said, but I I did say no, something. I know what you said because this has been your whole hilarious thing the entire <laughs> vacation. <laughs> Oh, God. You, Brittany has this new thing, and I fucking love it. Brittany's new thing is to add, <laughs> at the end of everything, she says, it'll be like this. <laughs> I can't even do it. You go, uh, come on, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you did. Yeah. You're like, ah, come on, bro. You're like, all fucking mad about it. Yeah. I was upset and <laughs> but you were loud. So in whoever did it cuz it was certainly in the in the the two rows uh you know in front of us. In front or behind us. Yeah. And you you were saying it loud enough to let them know, "Hey, of course I was. I'm on to you." Yeah. yeah. Well, it's bullshit. You can't do that. Well, if a guy's feeling No. You accept your little tum cramps for an hour. You can do it. You're a man, right? <laughs> Oh, my tum hurts. I'm getting a little cramp cramp. No, you're going to be fine. Hold it in and quit punishing everyone on the plane because of your little tum cramp. It was not good. Oh, no fart is good, but this one was extra uh, not good. Yeah. So Brittany laid on the, come on, bro, (laughs) with the extra stank on the bro. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. But the vacation was good. We're very happy to be back with you guys. Yes. It is amazing the amount of shit that can go down like the day we leave. Yeah. It's like, ah, if only we could have stayed and done one more show, blah, blah, blah. But then the very next day, it's just, it really puts in perspective looking at the news cycle a week after the fact. And Mm -hmm. it's just, we live in insane times right now where an incredible amount of things happen and you kind of get desensitized to it because you're in it. But looking back, it, it's seriously a fucking pile of things. Also, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss 
important things. That for sure, because we were disconnected from the news far more than we normally are. I was very disconnected. And, you know, normally I have things that I'm doing throughout the day. I work and I, I don't have time to constantly be checking the news. But, you know, if I get a news alert on my phone, I open it up, I read it, sure, yeah. I check Twitter periodically throughout the day so I can know what's going on. But those things were not happening at all. Yeah. And I would even get a news alert and just go, huh, all right, back to having well, fun. Also, some of the areas we were, we weren't getting news alerts because we didn't have phone service. Yes. That's how remote <laughs> some of the places we were yeah. were. Mm-hmm. So anyway, before we get to that, before we get to everything that we missed... Let's let's talk about Politicon a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Politicon. Good goddamn time. At the Pasadena Convention Center. Yeah. This Saturday and Sunday. I guess I should say this past Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, the weekend. Yeah, it was a good time. I think this is the third one that they've had, they were saying. I have no idea. And <laughs> a number of years. Yeah, I think it's the third one, they were saying, though, that the first one... They had a couple hundred people. <laughs> there was like 10,000 people here. Yeah. So it was it was a lot of people, long lines, uh, a lot of great panels, though. And Coulter was there. <laughs> I don't know why I start with wow. that. A lot of great panels. Yeah. And Coulter was there. All of the <laughs> Young Turks were there. Yeah. Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren. Let's a start there. Anna Navarro, Malcolm Nance. Let let's start with the, the, the one that... I think the audience is waiting to hear about because we were tweeting about it. We put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. So Chelsea Handler and Tommy Laren were in conversation. That's right. It, it, it was first billed as a debate. Yeah. And apparently Chelsea Handler was not happy with that characterization. She did not want people to think it was going to be a debate. In it fact, was not a debate. It for sure was not a debate. Debate. <laughs> when she first sat. Come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> When she first sat down with Tommy, she said, calm down, everybody, because the crowd was very riled up. They're cheering yeah, yeah, for the yeah. person that they like and booing for the person they don't exactly. like. Exactly. And she said, listen, my goal here is to interview Tommy Lahren. Which, by the way, fuck that. It was a goddamn joke is what it was. It was unfortunate. Listen, Chelsea Handler, for whom I have no love... But I th figured, ah, she's a comedian. She's going to be quick on her feet. She's going to be witty. She also has a talk show, and she's somewhat politically involved. She's She's got to have some understanding to some things. She spent more time making sure the audience was nice to Tommy Lahren than she did doing her fucking job and correcting wrong opinions. Yeah. In my opinion, that's the way it went down. That's not the top of my list for where things went wrong. I think that she handed Tommy and Tommy supporters yeah. two substantial uh, fuck-ups on a platter. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you there. She, at one point, they were talking about the trans issue in the military, and they talked about it, blah, 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 blah. Then they transition into, was Tommy Lahren always a Trump supporter? And she said that she had actually supported Marco Rubio first, then came around to supporting Trump. And Chelsea Handler said, oh, I don't, nah, I don't like Marco Rubio, was asked why. And she couldn't come up with a reason. Right. And of course. so she called him a non-man. He just seems to me like to be a non-man. And this was right after the trans conversation. Not 30 seconds later. And Tommy was like, whoa, you're going to 
you're going to call him a non-man after we were just having this trans conversation and you were talking about how Donald Trump's mean. Now, was that mean? Is that... And there wasn't a quick reply. It, it was yeah. stuttering and stammering and uh, just, just grasping at straws for some some retort. Right. So it was kind of awkward to watch that play out. Additionally, toward the end, they were talking about Donald Trump's lies. And Chelsea Handler said that she felt lied to on a regular basis. And Tommy said, oh, well, what has he lied to you about? And she said, oh, there's just so many, <laughs> you know, and when you do right, that, yeah, it's, yeah. it's She's not good. Biding time trying to think of something. Yeah, and she couldn't think of one. Which is fucking ridiculous. And the crowd started going wild. And so she had to get out her notepad, flip through some pages and started reading them off a list of lies. Which was about a minute and a half later, she finally came up with a couple of super weak examples. And I was shocked because this seems like one of the easiest questions to answer, right? What yeah. has Donald Trump lied about? I think she got she got flustered. Yeah, and it was it was kind of strange to watch. I I don't know if she was surprised. I was certainly surprised by the number of Tommy slash Trump supporters in the audience and how vocal they were. For sure. So she might have been thrown off by that and and that kind of followed her throughout the event. I'm not sure, but... Overall, though, I don't... Uh, overall, Chelsea, if you want to weigh who did better, Chelsea, Chelsea did do better. And th yeah. that might be my bias because everyone knows where I stand on Tommy Lahren. Mm -hmm. But the main thing that got... Really just jammed right in her ass. <laughs> Tommy Lahren's asshole was talking about Obamacare. And yeah. th the next day, that evening, in fact, articles had already been written about the moment where Chelsea Handler says to Tommy Lahren, okay, well, what's your plan? What would you want to be for health care mm -hmm. for the United States in which... She replied that she was 24 years old, so she was still on her parents' health care plan. Yeah. And the audience had a substantial reaction to that. It was awesome. And Chelsea Handler shut down their reaction and said, hey, now she's just being honest. It Let's all relax. It doesn't matter whether she's being honest. And then after this, the, the next question that followed was, well, what would you want to keep about Obamacare? And Tommy Lahren said that she likes the provision that you get to stay on your parents health care plan which is i mean so ridiculous because yeah. she likes the part of obamacare that benefits her that's right that's the only thing she likes about obamacare is the one thing that she happens to richly benefit from and people have been trying to twist this and say tommy laren supporters trump supporters have been trying to twist this saying oh big deal you found out she's on obamacare you have to be on obamacare hey guess what you don't have to be on your parents insurance no, until you're you 26 no in fact i'm kind of shocked that tommy laren is especially when you're making money she's not scraping by tommy laren yeah she's she was paid to attend politicon probably 10 to 15 20 thousand dollars to attend to be on the panels, maybe more. Mm -hmm. She has her, her salary. Still, she's in contract. They are paying her out her contract from the blaze. Or they paid her a lump sum. She's doing okay. She doesn't need her parents' health insurance. She's doing it because it'll save her money. Yeah. She said many ridiculous things about her parents working since the, the time they could walk. Also, let me say, and this again, sorry, I know I'm jumping in there. 
Again, continuing with the her number one thing is the armed services. Oh, yeah. Because I come from a military family. My uncle served and my grandpa served and I have cousins that served. The one thing that she doesn't say is how she served. I stood next to someone in line who served. Right. Like you're, you, you I'm did in the it, same though. room right now with probably several people who served. <laughs> I love the military. Yeah. Goddamn. Well, she was also doing that. I've talked to people in the military <laughs> and they say that they have more freedom under Donald Trump right. to make decisions on the ground and there's more latitude to blah, blah, blah. It is. It's it's one more example of conservatives, this Republican Party trying to hijack and monopolize patriotism yeah. and military service and the flag and everything else. It's it's offensive to me. Yeah. Look, I don't mind flying the flag. I, I, I'm not going to let them hijack my flag. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hijack, let them hijack the word patriot. Because I am a patriot for my country. I love my country. I've served my country. And I believe what I believe. They don't have a monopoly on those particulars. Yeah. Fucking jerk-offs. Well, she... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She... Well, I want to take a step back and talk about the people that were at Politicon. Oh, yeah, please. So it was a very interesting crowd. And I think the first day people were a little unsure of what it was going to be like. Again, stream of consciousness, everybody. And (laughs) uh, you saw a few Make America Great Again hats. I certainly saw way more on Sunday than I did on Saturday. Yeah, I noticed that too. And then I saw the same people that were there on Saturday who didn't have any Trump gear on on Sunday then wearing their Trump gear. So I think some people came to Politicon wondering, is it okay for me to display my Trump gear? Is is it safe for me to do so? Again, it's kind of the same deal where it's the, the, the same cowards... This silent majority that they like to call themselves. The, the reason the polling was off, because when asked, a lot of people didn't tell the truth because they were ashamed or afraid to admit they supported Donald Trump. Just not a good sign. And then, so it's the same thing. They're afraid to, to, to show up as a Donald Trump person. And then when they see, oh, other people do too, then the next day they shed their cowardice and decide to... To be loud and proud for what they believe and who they are, rather than just be loud and proud the first fucking day. Well, and some people had obscene things on their shirt. I guess not obscene, like fuck Hillary. Yeah. Um, the the band. The, there was his head. the guy with the. It was a. Uh, um, Che Guevara with a limp wrist, mm-hmm. and it was a red shirt, and it said "Socialism is for fags." Yeah. And it just a lot of. Can I let, let me be a dick for a second, okay? Uh, were you not being a dick this whole time? It's just going to start now. This you we we played a game for the for, for the two days that we were there. Of point who who do you think they support? Oh, yeah. And if you're a early 20s fat kid with a with a like a scruffy unkempt neck beard, you're a Trump guy. That's what I saw. This is Jesse talking. There was a lot. <laughs> if you have bleached blonde, white blonde, crazy ass hair, you're a Trump person. If you're trying to be Tommy Laren, 
you were a Trump person. Overwhelmingly, that was what I saw. You didn't. You don't think so? Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I think I, I'm just saying there was a type. Yeah, there was a funny thing that happened where you wanted to take a picture with someone who had a sticker on the back of their shirt and it said "Impeach the Pussy Grabber," mm. and you st- that it was flipped the opposite direction. And you wanted a picture with her, yeah. and she looked at you and said, "Whoa, are you a liberal?" Or are you... Because I was wearing um, the kind of the same thing I wear in my videos. Right. So we would assume it was because of your suit. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know, right? But she looked at you and seemed hesitant, wanted to make sure that you were with her and not actually mocking her. Yeah. Um, but she didn't ask that of me because I actually went up without you before you and asked her for a picture. And yeah. She didn't seem. So yeah, I guess it does work both ways. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows who is who based on what they look like? But you should qualify your term saying on average. That's what you uh, said. Well, yeah. you should qualify if you think that. Okay, I don't have to use that right, kind of language. Whatever. So. I'm Jesse D. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people wearing Alex Jones InfoWars gear. Unbelievable that they're. See, that's something that I, I figured they would be embarrassed. But no, those those people there, they are loud and proud. Yeah. And then we went to a second Tommy Lahren event where she debated. This was an actual debate. So unlike the in-conversation slash interview with Chelsea Handler, Tommy Lahren and Simone Sanders actually debated. Now, Simone Sanders, I believe she's a pay- paid commentator on CNN. She's also been on Bill Maher a few times. She's the... The the bald black girl, she very fucking smart. She she did an amazing job. She knows the numbers. She knows the issues. It was good. The crowd, not so good. Not so respectful. No, not at all. And I was actually shocked by it. But these crowds get so riled up. And this might be my bias, but I, I genuinely believe that I had an accurate read on this. I felt as though the Tommy slash Trump supporters were more aggressive and disrespectful than the other side, at least in the beginning. Because when Tommy was introduced, they went crazy. And then when Simone Sanders went, was introduced, they went crazy again, but with the booing. Right. And Tommy didn't get that. Well, the other thing is... At no point were you unable to hear Tommy Lahren yeah, be- because hear of crowd noise. Yeah. Many, many, many times throughout the debate, Simone Sanders was drowned out yeah, by, the, by booing. the crowd. Yeah, by the booing. One interesting thing that happens after this. You're talking about the end? Oh, no, during. Well, Tommy Lahren's new thing is Venezuela. Yeah. During the Chelsea... She must have just read an article about Venezuela. Has she done a final thoughts about Venezuela? I have no... I don't watch her stuff. If someone sends me it, I see it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Well, it just seems so important to her, you'd think she would do a final thoughts on it. <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Well, she brought up Venezuela a couple times. Yeah. Trying to de- derail the conversation during the, uh, the Chelsea Handler thing. And then did it again during Simone Sanders. Yeah. And the the one time that she brought it up during Simone Sanders... 
the conservatives in the crowd went crazy. Oh, yes, clapping. Oh, yeah, Venezuela. That's something we're very passionate about. Right. Well, she was saying, I'm sick of the news covering Russia, Russia, Russia. What about what's happening in Venezuela? And the crowd just goes wild. All of these Venezuela enthusiasts in the crowd. Oh, they're very passionate about the topic. And sitting in front of me was a dude who was furiously clapping, who had also, once they let us in the room, started running in front of everybody to get the best seat. Making physical contact to get around us. Exactly. To, to get a better seat than us, even though he was behind us in right. line. But sat just one seat in front of me. Right, right. <laughs> and so All I'm, the assholishness didn't get him too far ahead. Yeah, so I'm watching him just, uh, just love Venezuela. He is all you, over Venezuela. Brittany is fake clapping right now. Yeah. The, uh, I just want to let him know what was accompanying oh, the, yeah, sorry. the grunty. It would have been better if you could see. <laughs> You would have really gotten the taste. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this guy who the president of Venezuela is. Like I'm planning it the whole time. I can hardly focus on the rest of the event because I'm like, I'm gonna do this. And so they thank everybody. Tommy leaves the stage, Simone leaves the stage, and everybody's starting to get up and clear out, and this guy's still still sitting down. So I lean down, I say, Hey, uh, who's the president of Venezuela? And he turns around and the look on his face was just like, oh, he knew it. He knew it. He knew what was coming. I mean, what the point of this was. And he said, why are you asking me that? (laughs) Which right there is, (laughs) he doesn't know. He's stalling like it's going to come to him. Yeah. And I said, well, I saw you, you know, furiously clapping after she talked about how the news should cover Venezuela more. So you're clearly passionate. Yeah. So I figured that that you would know about that. (laughs) And. I don't remember what he said, but it was something shitty. And then I was like, oh, also, congrats on your great seat that you got when you pushed your way to the front. And apparently he called me a crazy bitch or something. Yeah. Um, I said that it was just crickets on Facebook because I didn't want to draw attention to the uh, (laughs) reality of how bad it got. Um, But that's fine. He called me a name. Big deal. Yeah. Right. Good times. He felt ashamed. Yeah. He, he felt embarrassed. It was deer in the headlights. Yeah. You did shame the fuck out of that guy. Yeah. And uh, whatever. But I. By the way, Maduro is the president of Venezuela who succeeded Hugo Chavez. Yeah. Which was the big guy in the red shirts all the time. I think this is an important point, though, because if I asked everyone who clapped furiously at that point who the president of Venezuela was, I bet you 2% would have known. Oh, I was going to be nice and say, like, 18%. Not a fucking chance that that crowd knew that Nicolas Maduro was the president of Venezuela. Not a goddamn right. chance. And this is part of the problem. You're so nice. Why are you so nice? Well, you don't have to be nice. They were fucking the unwashed dick face masses. Well, I shamed a man. I'm not that nice, but uh, <laughs> he he shamed himself by acting a fool and then not being able to back it up. Yeah, so I think this is the problem, though, where anything that came out of her mouth was gold. Yeah. And everything that came out of Simone Sanders' mouth was boo. Yeah. Well, listen. No, go ahead. It's not, a, it's not a wrestling match. Ah. This is actually that there are facts and there are things that are not facts. Right. And it's okay to not know some things. I didn't know. I don't know what's going on in Venezuela. I know a little bit about what's going on in Venezuela. But if you were to ask me, like, to give an in-depth explanation, I couldn't give that to you. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with all that stuff. And it's okay to admit that you don't know. Just don't sure. cheer for someone's point when you have no idea what the point is. On the other side of that, though... Um, the Simone Sanders crowd was doing 
a lot of the same thing. I would agree with because that. Because there was a moment. Oh, I know. I'm not I'm not challenging you. I'm oh. just informing the audience because there was a moment where Tommy Lahren brought up a, you know, a point. I don't know how good the point was, but it was made better by the fact, by, by Simone Sanders' response. Tommy Lahren at one point brought up the fact that there's media, well, not what at one point, it was a fucking common trope in the entire thing is the, the media, the media, the bias, the liberal media, except she sounded more hateful. And uh, <laughs> she says that Donna Brazil, who was fired by CNN yeah. for giving a debate prep question, one of the debate questions to Hillary Clinton prior to the debate, so right. she would have to be able to prepare for that question. Yeah. When it was found out she did this, she was shit-canned immediately. She lost her job, her well-paying job, yeah. as a commentator. Yeah. In other CNN. words, they they took care of it. They responded to this very bad thing in an appropriate way. That's right. Well, Simone Sanders, rather than say absolutely or just, yeah, well, she was fired for that. Right. Appropriate action was taken. And it yeah. was bad that she did that. She defended her based on the fact that she was a pioneering woman and because she's black. And that's that's a problem mm -hmm. because she did something that was bad that has nothing to do with her historic role. Right. Having run a campaign. Yeah. It does. That didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't relevant. And rather than deal with it up front, she gave Tommy ammunition and the crowd ammunition to act even more like assholes yeah that was that was an unfortunate moment and simone sanders did eventually get to the point that she was fired and what more does tommy want done about that issue yeah, if, but that should have been the immediate response right instead it was actually well i don't know what you're referring to yeah yeah and Acting then like that's exactly what she did and yeah. then which i thought she seriously didn't know what she was referring to and i was like wait what she doesn't she hadn't heard about this <laughs> i was knew. shocked yeah and then well, no, she said to Tommy, I need you to say exactly what you mean. Yeah. Don't try to beat around the bush about it. Yeah. I think she was stalling for time. Yeah. I'm. It was a weird moment. Yeah. But, but I do agree that the, the crowd. And listen, these things, I had never been to one of these things, so I didn't know it would be like this. By the way, we had great seats for all of this shit. Yeah. I didn't know it would turn into a... <laughs> A wrestling match where everyone in the crowd is going crazy for their person. For each point that gets made. For it each was a point, yeah. And holler and go crazy. And that is something I did appreciate about Chelsea Handler, where she would quiet the crowd down and say, hey, come on, we're trying to talk. No, she said, listen, you don't have to cheer every time we say something. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, which is, <laughs> is true because there were so many points where I couldn't hear Simone Sanders at all. So... There were many moments where I wish someone would have told the crowd, listen, we're not going to choke slam Tommy Lahren up here, you know, <laughs> relax. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Pretty good. And then, so the next, um, after the Simone, the, the, we only attended three panels. Yeah. We spent a lot of time walking around, talking to people. Yeah. Uh, met a few fans. That mm -hmm. was cool. Mm-hmm. But for me, and I think for you, I think I can speak for you on this, Brittany, we attended a panel which was hosted by some guy I don't know, some intelligence expert I don't know. He was the moderator, and it was Anna Navarro, Congressman Ted Lieu, Malcolm Nance, and our congressman, the fucking traitor, Dana Rohrbacher, 
who ended up being a, an apologist for Russia the entire time. Yeah. And the name of the panel was From Russia with Trump. I think that's what it was. And it was all about what's going on with the Russia thing. And it was awesome. They went in depth on a lot of stuff. And it was great having, I mean, as shitty as it was having Rohrbacher there, it was nice because you got to see that there's really no defense at all. And also, it was great personally for me because, you know, we've had Harley Ruda in studio here, his, his one of his opponents, I mm -hmm. think the most, most credible and most possible win. Yeah. The most likely winner. Right. Harley Ruda. And Dana Rohrbacher spent the entire time... He said, he actually said, I don't trust American intelligence. But the other side of that coin would be that he believes Putin. And he believes Russian intelligence. But he doesn't believe our intelligence. Mm -hmm. That's traitor talk. That's un-American talk. When you're believing our adversary, but not your own country. Not your own country's intelligence service. And they tried to foment paranoia in the audience. They're trying to spy on you. Like, he's, he's saying that they're doing illegal activity. A sitting U.S. congressman. I, I'm up on my soapbox now, but it was bizarre. But overall, I think the best thing we attended. Yeah, it was definitely my favorite panel because of Malcolm Nance, primarily, but also Anna Navarro. I... <laughs> I think a lot is missed if you only hear the audio of the panel because Dana Rohrbacher's facial expressions and body language said a lot. Yeah. He was the only one on the stage with a notepad and he was taking notes often, which was very strange. No one else had a notepad. No one else was taking notes. In anything we did, no one had notepads. Yeah, it was almost a way to keep him busy or something so he wouldn't be making facial expressions or... <laughs> making yeah. body movements I, I don't i don't know that's probably me reading into the situation a little too much but he he got slammed by malcolm nance a couple of times yeah he did and <laughs> they all have different specialties everyone on that stage had different specialties where areas they've worked in and uh the committees they serve on right one you know political like uh anna navarro is more of a political op operative right ted Lou is on the intelligence committee mm -hmm. in the house yeah malcolm nance has worked within the intelligence apparatus his entire life yeah and then you have the the russia apologist dana rohrbacher <laughs> that was my assessment yeah <laughs> And Dana Rohrbacher thought that he had everyone on the panel by asking if they had been to Russia. Yeah, goddamn. And they hadn't, although he didn't ask Anna Navarro that question. And he thought that it meant something that he had actually been to Russia. And I think a Anna got him the best on that, saying that she hasn't been to Cuba or Venezuela for the same reasons that she hasn't been to Russia, that she doesn't use her money to... Or give it to governments that are... Oppressive. Right. Yeah, sure. And so that was the best response. But Malcolm Nance also has expertise in this area, specifically as it relates to intelligence. And counterintelligence. Right. He's on both sides of the coin, this guy. Right. And he's written a book about Russia and the election. Yeah. 
And Dana Rohrbacher... Which, by the way, we need to get a hold of. Dana Rohrbacher just has his blind allegiance to Trump. That's all he has to fall back on. And Russia. Yeah. So it, it was a very interesting panel discussion. Only an hour. I think it should have been double the time. They went a little over. They didn't even get to Trump. Yeah. They only talked about Russia. They didn't get to Trump's involvement with Russia at all in the hour. That's a failure of the moderator. Yeah. Which he was another one that was a little dickish to the crowd. Yeah. It's calm down. This is what it this is Politicon. This is what happens. Just moderate your panel and act like the crowd's not there, dickface. Yeah. Quit trying to make it easy on Dana Rohrbacker, who's up there defending Vladimir Putin and the Russians. Well, people are angry with Dana Rohrbacker for good reasons. He's not holding town halls. He's not interacting with his constituents. He's not present. No, he's not representing. And they want to hear from him. That's exactly so right. So some people were screaming out, no town halls. Where's the town hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the moderator said, let's let's avoid outright hostility. Well, some people have a reason to be hostile with this guy. I, I called him a traitor. He, there's no chance he didn't hear me call him a traitor as he was introduced. Because we were like five rows back. And, you know... Sometimes you need to be called a traitor, Brittany. What what Jesse's saying is that he's taking care of biz. <laughs> or that he took care of biz. That's what he's yeah. trying to convey to you guys. I don't know guys. how much biz I took care of, but I certainly got it on record and the crowd heard that not only do I believe he's a traitor, but because how loudly I said it, it's probably true. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so anyway... Uh, it was a good time. If any of you guys have a chance to go to Politicon wherever it is next year, I don't know if it moves around. Hmm. Um, I think we're going to go, even if it's out of state. Yeah. It was a good time. We we would actually be able to plan a little bit better each day. Yeah. Because we bought our tickets just before we left on the trip and really had no fucking idea what we were doing. Yes. So much so that we didn't even bring cash to pay for parking Mm -hmm. the first day. Yeah. Because we had just gotten off a plane late the night before and then jumped in the car and drove up there. So I think we're going to go next year. I I think it would be awesome to be on a panel if I could fucking swing that or even have the podcast show up and maybe do a show. I don't know how much money's involved in that. Yeah. But... We had a very good time. I would encourage you to do it if you have a chance, if you have the opportunity, if you have the time off, you have the money to pay for tickets, because it was a real good time. So let's get to this. While we were gone, and what happened? Nothing. Very uneventful. (laughs) Very uneventful. The day after we landed, or the day we landed in Spokanistan, Washington, Trump Sat down with the New York Times in the Oval Office, Maggie Haberman and Michael, who's the other, who's the fucking reporter? Michael Schmidt, I believe. And it was a long, wide ranging, spanned a lot of topics. But what I took away from the interview was the fact that he started his onslaught, his attack on the most loyal member of his cabinet, Jeff Sessions. Of all the people who Donald Trump was appointed to cabinet positions, Jeff Sessions was the very first to endorse him. Jeff Sessions was the very first elected official to endorse Donald Trump. The very first, early on, 
very loyal to Donald Trump and his America first white nationalist agenda. So when they got around to Jeff Sessions and, and, and his performance or whatever, Donald Trump said this. He said, quote, Jeff Sessions takes the job, gets into the job, recuses himself, and then I have, which, which frankly, I think, is very unfair to the president. How do, you ha- how do you take a job and then recuse yourself? If he would have recused himself before the job, well, that's impossible, you fucking mook. If, I, if he had recused himself before the job, I would have said, quote, thanks, Jeff, but I can't, you know, I'm not going to take you. It's extremely unfair, and that's a mild word to the president. So he's admitting here that the only reason he chose or one of the main reasons he chose Jeff Sessions to be attorney general is because he would have cover for the Russia investigation. And the fact that Jeff Sessions did the right thing, did really the only thing he could do in recusing himself, which pulls cover from the president, from Donald Trump, he wouldn't have had him there. That's, that's an astounding admission from a man who's being actively investigated by the FBI and the Justice Department. Yeah. This, of course, was followed by two days of tweets coming from Donald Trump about Jeff Sessions. So along the lines of what you were saying, Sally Yates actually wrote something for the New York Times about this issue, Donald Trump attacking Jeff Sessions, and really what it means, because I think we can all be distracted by the fact that he's attacking another important part of his administration. Very, very important part. A vital... This is the Department of Justice. Right. This isn't, you know, the... Some we you know, housing and urban development with Ben Carson. This is the FBI. This is the, 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 the prosecutors throughout the country, the U.S. attorneys. This is a major fo- force yeah. in the government. And I think Sally Yates does a beautiful job in this New York Times article really painting a picture for how serious this is and how it's not really funny or interesting or whatever people might think it is. It's actually dangerous is what the word that she uses. Yeah. So she says, quote, President Trump claims that it is very unfair that Mr. Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation, a recusal indisputably necessary given Mr. Sessions role in the campaign that is now under investigation at its core. The president's complaint is that he doesn't have a political ally at the justice department to protect him from the Russia investigation. And he is apparently trying to bully Mr. Sessions into resigning so he can put someone in place who will. The president hasn't stopped there. He has also tried to goad Mr. Sessions into reinitiating a closed closed investigation of the president's former political rival. And all of this takes place in the wake of the president's attempts to persuade the former FBI director, James Comey, to back off the Michael Flynn investigation and then firing Mr. Comey when he didn't. President Trump's actions appear aimed at destroying the fundamental independence of the Justice Department. All the while, he's ripping the blindfold off Lady Justice and attempting to turn the department into a sword to seek vengeance against his perceived enemies and a shield to protect himself and his allies. It's almost impossible to take all of this in, and while we risk becoming numb to the daily barrage of alarming news, we can't lose sight of the fact that this is beyond abnormal 
it's dangerous. This isn't Nicaragua. This isn't some uh, banana republic. This is, those are the types of things that happens in those governments. Donald Trump wants to use the force and the power of the United States Justice Department to persecute, to prosecute Hillary Clinton, a political opponent. That's not the way things work. There was an investigation, a formal investigation into Hillary Clinton and the email situation. And there was no prosecution sought. End of story. That's just the way it is. You don't get to reinitiate and punish so maybe you'll take out her legs in a future political run against you. Those are the type of things that happen in other governments, not the United States. Well, he went on a tweet spree, I believe, to encourage, well, I believe to undermine the credibility and to dishearten Attorney General Jeff Sessions to try to get him to quit. There were two tweets, one after the other, one day after the other. I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account... They can't handle the nuclear cover. So in addition to tweeting about how so many people are asking why Jeff Sessions isn't looking into Hillary Clinton on like the 19th or 18th, he started tweeting again on the 24th of July. Right. Just days after the New York Times interview was released. Right. And he said, so why aren't the committees and investigators and, of course, our beleaguered AG looking into crooked Hillary's crimes and Russia relations? Beleaguered. Sleazy Adam Schiff, the totally biased congressman looking into quote-unquote Russia, spends all his time on television pushing the Dem loss excuse. He still puts it out there that it's a Dem loss. The reason that we're talking about Russia and the, the all the meetings that were lied about having been had with Russians, that it's it's an excuse to cover up for the Democrats having lost. Does any rational person believe that? The Democrats are over it. They lost. They got it. This isn't an excuse for having lost. This is a real thing where Russia, and it's been backed up by Pompeo, the CIA director, by Coates, the the, the director of national intelligence, and by Rogers, the director of the NSA. They all independently say, yes, we have no doubt that Russia interfered in the election, the free and fair election of the United States in 2016. They all say it. And now we're learning more clearly that what they did was target those vulnerable swing states, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, those states that Donald Trump absolutely needed to win. That is where their efforts were really refined. So for him to this bullshit about a dim excuse and now trying to undermine his own pick for attorney general by calling him beleaguered one day. And then what was the tweet the next day? He tweeted attorney general Jeff Sessions has taken a very weak position on Hillary Clinton crimes. Parenthetically, where are emails and DNC server? No more parenthetical. 
and Intel leakers. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not just Attorney General that he's attacking. It's also Congress now, Republicans in Congress, because they failed in their repeal and replace. They failed to, to have a replacement. They failed in their skinny repeal. Every single effort to undermine, from a legislative perspective, Obamacare has fucking failed. And Donald Trump is now attacking members of his own party and threatening them in tweets that he's going to be going after them. If a new health care bill is not approved quickly, bailouts for insurance companies and bailouts for members of Congress will end very soon. Yeah. Unless the Republican senators are total quitters, repeal and replace is not dead. Demand another vote before voting on any other bill. He is acting as though he is some kind of dictatorial force in America, not a co-equal member of this government. He is president of the United States, leader of the executive branch. He's not the dictator. He's not Nicolas Maduro. He's not al-Assad in Syria. He wants to be a Putin-type character. We're not going to allow it. Yeah, this is his latest tweet today, six hours ago. Highest stock market ever. Best economic numbers in years. Unemployment lowest in 17 years. Wages rising. Border secure. No White House chaos. (laughs) No White House chaos. Are we supposed to believe that? Not sure if he's in tune with... What chaos is? Um, pretty sure there's chaos. There's a lot of chaos. Oh, that's the, that leads me. That's perfect. Thank you, Donald Trump. That's a great segue. So Donald Trump hired Scaramucci, Anthony, Anthony Scaramucci, this guy who's worth eighty billion, eighty million dollars, lovingly the, referred to as the Mooch, the Mooch, uh, who just sold his company to a communist Chinese outfit which apparently he promised access to Donald Trump in the course of the sale. Reince Priebus warned Donald Trump about this, not to hire him because of this wrinkle that, that will inevitably be caused, that there is an email, evidence of the promise of access to the President of the United States in an email thread. Well... Not only was was, uh, Anthony Scaramucci hired, he's a Wall Street guy, former uh, Goldman Sachs guy, drain the swamp, everybody. Not only was he hired, but it was so egregious, apparently, the most egregious, nothing else, but this really was the straw that broke the camel's back for Sean Spicer. He quit. That, for me, that day when that happened, I think that was the 21st or something, uh, was like, holy shit, why, why are we not home to be doing shows? Because this is earth-shattering. You know, this is major stuff that's happening. Right. But not only did Sean Spicer quit over this, Scaramucci started lopping off heads at the White House, figuratively, Brittany. Yeah, because his one of his main goals is to prevent the leaks from happening. Because he's the, now, the new communications director. Right, and he believes the leaks are very damaging, and he wants to stop them. So he has fired several people, and I believe that Reince Priebus's, um his exit from the White House was predicated b- uh, by Scaramucci. 
and he's going to re be replaced. Priebus is going to be replaced by General Kelly, who was the Homeland Security Secretary. And now he's going to be, and look, he's a former Marine, but that doesn't mean I have to be loyal and think the guy's awesome. I think he is a suck-up. There is tape of him. When Donald Trump was given a sword at some ceremony, mm. and he sat down next to General Kelly afterward, and, and Kelly says to him, oh, you can use that on the press, sir. <laughs> Just, he's, a, he's, a, he's an ass kisser. He's a brown noser. And now he's in the White House. Now he's in the Oval Office with the president at every moment of the day. Some say that he they think they're going to he's gonna level out Donald Trump, but I don't see that happening. How many times have they said that? Yeah, I know. Th How many is, times? They said it about Ivanka, they said it about Jared, they said it about so many other people that they're he they're gonna be able to to mellow him out and make him less stupid and insane. Well, I love that also everyone needs to mellow him out. I yeah. mean that's yeah, that come on. That is the most dangerous thing that we have a president who needs to be uh, talked off the ledge at every moment of the goddamn day. Right, but you know who's who's not going to talk him off the ledge is is the mooch because <laughs> this guy. Oh yeah, this guy. The, the his calling to he, give an interview. He is he is a little scary. Unhinged. He called Ryan Lizza at the New Yorker after Ryan Lizza tweeted. I'll, I'll just read. I'm going to read the article. Okay, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. how it starts. On Wednesday night. I received a phone call from Anthony Scaramucci, the new White House communications director. No, he no, no. Hang on. L let me just let's say this after that word. He's the director of communications for the White House, for the president of the United States of America. He wasn't happy. Earlier in the night, I tweeted, citing a senior White House official, that Scaramucci was having dinner at the White House with President Trump, the First Lady, Sean Hannity, and the former Fox News executive, Bill Shine. It was an interesting group and raised some questions. Was Trump getting strategic advice from Hannity? Was he considering hiring Shine? But Scaramucci had his own question for me. Who leaked that to you? He asked. I said I couldn't give him that information. He responded by threatening to fire the entire White House communications staff. Quote, what I'm going to do is I will eliminate everyone in the comms team and we'll start over, he said. I laughed, not sure if he really believed that such a threat would convince a journalist to reveal a source. He continued to press me and complain about the staff he's inherited in his new job. Quote, I asked these guys not to leak anything and they can't help themselves. He said, quote, you're an American citizen. This is a major catastrophe for the American country. So I'm asking you as an American patriot to give me a sense of who leaked it. Right. So he's trying oh, to manipulate yeah. Ryan Lizza into giving him this information. But this isn't where the conversation ended. In fact, it started to get. It's not even off the rails yet. No, he's just I mean, he's doing something <laughs> unusual. Yeah, oh, for sure. And something he probably shouldn't be doing. But it gets worse. So he goes on later in the, the article, quote, they'll all be fired by me, he said. I fired one guy the other day. I have three to four people I'll fire tomorrow. I'll get to the person who leaked that to you. Rents Priebus, if you want to leak something, he'll be asked to resign very shortly. Rents is a fucking paranoid schizophrenic, a paranoiac. A paranoiac, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
then he channeled Priebus. Is that as the he DSM? Spoke. Uh, He's paranoid he, in the DSM. He channeled uh, Priebus as he spoke, quote, Oh, Bill Shine is coming in. Let me leak the fucking thing and see if I can cock block these people the way I cock block Scaramucci for six months. Wow. He's saying cock block. To a reporter, the director of communications for the president of the United States. And that's not the worst of it. No. So then he goes on to talk about Steve Bannon. So Scaramucci tells Ryan Lizza that he has no interest in media attention, unlike other senior officials. Quote, I'm not Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. I'm trying to build my own brand off the fucking strength of the president. I'm here to serve the country. Goddamn. Wow. Classy laid. Again, director of communications for the president. Of the United States. I think this is the most vulgar I've ever gotten on the show. I'm this not is what- Steve Bannon. I'm not trying to suck my own cock. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Seriously. Yeah. Again, Spray Tan McGee, it's Spray Tan Senior and Spray Tan Junior. These two New Yorkers, I'm too tough guy. Gah, gah, gah. Shut the fuck up. Be a professional. He doesn't want he doesn't want media attention, but he's gonna call a reporter and talk about cock blocking. <laughs> But he doesn't want the media right. attention. Yeah. Seriously, it's Trump Jr. is now the, 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 the communications director. And then we have goddamn Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeehaw, everybody! New White House press secretary! Got the good stuff! Yeah! <laughs> And and it's unfortunate because she really is worse than Sean Spicer. She Trump, baby. Uh, we got some Hillary bitches on here. That's the guy that farted. Come on, baby. <laughs> Trump. No, that's the guy who pushed his way forward in, in the crowd <laughs> and didn't know who the president of Venezuela is. Um, yeah. So this is embarrassing honestly it's it's just getting more embarrassing yeah for, absolutely for the country and then you have donald trump uh tweeting about how he's ashamed of china or what did he say i i'm disappointed in china i'm glad that he's using twitter now, does he think he's gonna shame the country of china with twitter come on they don't give a fuck about you and twitter you stupid asshole. Well, it's also stop using Twitter in that way. Well, it's like the, the trans thing. He announces the, the military policy to not accept trans Americans in service to their country. And the Pentagon has said, well, we're not changing anything based on a tweet. The White House is going to have to give us official guidance in a white paper or some kind of a policy a directive. We're not going to change what we do because of Twitter. You fucking 15-year-old girl. It is unbelievable to me that this is the... Still, six months in, I am in shock every single day that this man not only is president of the United States, but has a substantial amount of Americans who defend and back him up and stand behind his idiocy. Am I the only one? No. Am I the only one? No. Audience, am I the only one? Help me out. <laughs> so, you have something else before Jesse has a seriously. How, how red is my face beyond the sunburn? It's it's red. Goddamn. So 
before we go, are we wrapping things we up? We are wrapping things up. <laughs> I, I want to say that because we were off last week, again, just to remind people about the schedule, this week and next week, we're doing hashtag third episode. That is right. So there will be three episodes this week, three episodes next week. Likely what we'll do is record on Wednesday morning and then Friday morning. Right. If you are in the appropriate Patreon supporter tier... We have the Patreon, Google Hangouts this Friday and Saturday as well. Yeah, Friday evening, Saturday morning. Yes, so we don't mess around. We get right back into biz. Right into the biz. Yeah, so thank you guys for your support. Thank you for allowing us to take a little break and come back. Listen, we did. I want to say this. We did receive voicemails and emails while we were on vacation. Thank you guys for all of those. We're going to, I'm going to call a reset on the voicemails, so... If you called in with something, I don't know how topical it'll be, but call back in because we're going to, I'm going to do a reset. We're going to move forward with fresh calls, fresh emails. Let me give you the number in case you forgot it over the course of the last, uh, you know, 10 days, 12 days, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email us a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. While you're doing internet stuff, why don't you go over to Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, and rate and review us there. Also, subscribe. If you listen to us on the website. There's a lot of people who listen on the website. Yeah, if you're listening to us on the website alone, make sure you still go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe because that's really important. Yeah, or Google Play Music. Yeah. or, Or tune in wherever you subscribe to a show that automatically gives you the show. That helps us with our numbers. Yeah, it really does. So we would love for you guys to do that. We're we're coming in hot, coming back from vacation. We're raring to go. We love you guys. We are very happy to be back. We'd love to hear from you. We got a lot of things on the agenda. Some great stuff coming forward. And we are, again, excited. Real excited. So... We will see you next time. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show, we have Patreon. We have PayPal. All of those can be reached at dollamore.com. On the left-hand side of the page, support the show because we are listener-supported. We are listener-produced. We love you guys. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. So back to the plane fart. (laughs) 